0: Privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop opt out.
1: You're listening to the X-Zone radio show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com A place where fact is fiction, and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rod McConnell. My name is Rob McConnell, and you're listening to the Exxon Radio Show on the Talkstar Radio Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, 20 Asian countries, and across Europe. Our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 877 528 8255. My email address, xzone at xzoneradio.com. On MSN Messenger, Talkstar Radio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. As always, uh, we try our very best to make sure that the archives go up on iTunes right after the show, usually within the first two hours after the show. So let me see, uh, 2 o'clock Eastern, uh, da, 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 so by 4 o'clock Eastern or uh, 1 o'clock Pacific, you should be able to go to iTunes and download the uh, the radio show version of the uh, X-Zone. The TV, well, that takes us a little bit more time because there's a lot of editing that has to be done and the files are bigger, so we have to. It takes us until the following day at the earliest, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so about 12 hours after the show the uh, TV show is up on iTunes as well. My guest this hour is no stranger to the Exxon. Nick Pope used to run the British government's UFO project at the Ministry of Defense. Now, initially, Nick was skeptical. His research and investigation into the, into the UFO phenomenon, however, convinced him that whatever the nature of the UFO phenomena, it raised important defense, national security, and air safety issues. He was particularly interested in the cases where witnesses were pilots or where the UFOs were tracked on radar. Nick also looked into other mysteries such as alien abductions, crop circles, and ghosts. He is recognized as a leading authority on the unexplained, does extensive media work, lectures all around the world, and has acted as a consultant on numerous television uh, series and documentaries. And Nick Pope, welcome back to the Exome.
2: Thank you, Rob. It's great to be back on the show.
1: Super having you with us, Nick. Uh, let me see. Um, the last time you were on, I don't think that the MOD had released its UFO files. So, can you can you update us on the significance of the release of the uh, of the UFO files?
2: Yes, I think it's twofold. Um, just to put it into uh, historical context, it was December of 2007 that the Ministry of Defence confirmed that they'd made a policy decision to release their entire archive of UFO files. Now some material had been released already and was available at our National Archives but uh, there were many, many uh, hundred more files to be uh, released and and that when looked at cumulatively uh, constitutes tens of thousands of, of individual documents now that process um, is going to be a, a two to three year program and it's going to be done in in batches there are a number of uh, releases and two of them have taken place already the first batch of files was released in May last year and the second batch in October and what I think is <clears throat> what I think is significant uh, about this two things. Firstly, of course, the, the material itself. Um, people can now go to the National Archives website um, and and view some of these files. But the second thing, and this is particularly interesting to me, is that this release of material, which includes um, sightings from police officers, mm-hmm. sightings from pilots, UFOs tracked on radar, this release has shifted the ground here in the United Kingdom. And in terms of the way in which the media and the public see the UFO issue, um, the coverage that the release of these documents has gotten has propelled the UFO subject from being a sort of fringe issue. Nick, you into and I have to take a, a two-minute break. break.
1: Please stand by. We'll be right back. Nick Pope is our special guest. Nick major fubar. It's nickpope.net, not nickpope.com. It's www.nickpope.net. And uh, Nick is uh, with us again. Nick, the significance of the uh, of the the release of the file certainly did give the um, the public access to more information that they ever had before, but was there any smoking gun within the information that was released?
2: No, there wasn't in terms of there being a sort of um, spaceship in a hangar, that, mm. that sort of thing. I think uh, a, a body of people were hoping that there was going to be that kind of documentation. There wasn't, and there won't be. Um, if there is such a smoking gun, even I didn't um, have access to it. So I, I'm not going to be sort of saying to people, uh, prepare yourselves for some great revelation of an extraterrestrial presence what I will be saying is is prepare yourself um, for, for lots more very interesting UFO cases in the files
1: Now Nick, there were two incidents last year involving near misses between UFOs and police helicopters what happened?
2: Yes, um, there was one incident in Wales where a police helicopter uh, this was in, in um, uh, June uh, of last year um, a police helicopter was coming into land at an air base in Wales, mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly the, the pilots saw a UFO uh, fairly close to them. There's then some dispute about what happened next. Uh, according to some media reports, the helicopter attempted to, to give chase. The police, in response to a, an FOI request, Whilst they confirmed that a near miss or uh, 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 that the sighting had taken place, they denied that a chase had had ensued. Uh, the second incident uh, took place over Birmingham, which is the UK's second most uh, populous city. And this this time, uh, the incident was classified not not as a UFO sighting, but actually as a near miss involving an unidentified object. And that's a subtle difference, but it's important because it it um, affects who investigates. This was investigated by something called the Air Proximity Board, which is jointly sponsored by the Ministry of Defense and our Civil Aviation Authority, the equivalent of your FAA right. in, in, in the States. And um, uh, they, they basically, again, um, this report has been published on the Internet and shows that the pilot genuinely thought there was some danger of a collision and had to take evasive action.
1: One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Nick Pope is our special guest. And Nick's website is www.nickpope.net. Now, Nick, there was also uh, an, an alleged collision between a UFO and a wind turbine. Uh, what's your take on what happened there?
2: Well, this is an interesting one. This took place on uh, January the 7th. This year, And some local people um, in Lincolnshire saw some strange lights in the sky. And then at four in the morning, uh, some of them were woken up by what they thought was a loud explosion. And in the morning, they found that uh, one of the turbines at a wind farm had been damaged. Now, these things are, are about 290 feet high, and each of the three blades are 66 feet in, in length. One blade had been knocked off and the other had been uh, warped, uh, been bent out of shape completely. Now, they took some residue from the damaged blade to the manufacturers in Germany. Uh, we were promised the results within days. It actually took about a month. And then they said, well, there was no evidence of a, a, a collision. Uh, so that's pretty much where the story rests, um, all fairly inconclusive. Um the site was searched with a metal detector. Right. The waters were then muddied by, quote, Ministry of Defense insiders, unquote, suggesting that some prototype uh, drone may have been involved. But uh, it's it's all a bit of a mystery. The, the really significant thing, I think, was that Britain's best-selling national daily newspaper, The Sun, put this on the front page as their main headline, and it's the second time UFOs have been front-page news here in the U.K., and I think that, that's interesting, and that's one consequence of, of where we came in with this interview about the, the yeah. shift in public opinion.
1: You know, it, why are the U.K. media giving UFO sightings uh, uh, or, or IFO sightings so much, uh, so much attention, so much coverage?
2: Well, I think it started with the release of the Ministry of Defence files because that showed journalists um, that this wasn't just a fringe issue, uh, that when they looked at some of this material, they, they found these, these things were being seen by pilots tracked mm-hmm. on radar. And, and I think it made a few journalists sit up and think twice about this. Um, now, I, I have very good contacts with the media here in the UK, and i I. I had a number of meetings about this and I uh, was, was very much somebody who, who was um, used as a as, uh, sort of go-to guy for these sorts of stories, so I, I did my best to keep it in the public eye, but you know there's, there's no smoke without fire the ultimate right. answer to your question is because A, because there are sightings still going on, and, and last year we saw a doubling of UFO sightings Uh, in the U.K. as opposed to 2007 figure. Uh, So, one, the the sightings are still coming in, and two, people are genuinely interested in this.
1: You've made some uh, rather controversial comments about military jets engaging UFOs. Now, what did you mean in those comments?
2: Yes, I I gave a a series of interviews uh, here in the U.K., but uh, my remarks were picked up uh, by the, the media uh, in, in the, the wider uh, world, and indeed I even found myself being interviewed on, on America's Newsroom, on uh, Fox News, about this. Mm-hmm. What I had really been trying to do was to take um, three fairly, fairly well-known cases in the UFO community, but not, not um, out in the wider world. Uh, the case of Milton Torres... Um, Pavis Jafari and um, Oscar Maria Huertas, uh, and, and these were all cases where pilots had either opened fire on a UFO or attempted to open fire, having received authorization from the chain of command. And I was I was simply saying what what happens if you take those cases, put them together, and and sort of say what what does it all mean? Now I wasn't saying that there was some great shooting war going on in our airspace, but I was simply saying, look, a lot of people simply don't realize but these sorts of incidents have taken place and are confirmed, uh, for example, in the case of Par- Parviz Jafari, um, mm-hmm. Iran, 1976, by uh, U.S. documentation released under the Freedom of Information Act.
1: Has any, have, have any pilots ever hit a UFO? Yes. Um, in, uh, uh, in
2: 1980, uh, Commandante Huertas of, of the Peruvian Air Force was scrambled to intercept a UFO that had intruded into military airspace. He uh, received authorization to open fire uh, from his chain of command. He opened fire with his machine cannon, and he clearly saw some of his rounds actually hit the UFO. Uh, now, he said that they didn't ricochet off, they didn't have any tangible effect of all uh, at all. In, in his words, um, the, the rounds were simply absorbed by this object. Now, now both Comandante Huertes and Parvis Jafari, who retired as a general their first-person testimony can be seen on, on the Coalition for Freedom of Information website. Uh, if people just put in Coalition for Freedom of Information, uh, the, the, the website will come up top. And that's an interesting resource, I think, for people interested in this, because it's, it's a collection of people uh, with verifiable backgrounds in government, military, and the aviation community, all of whom have... have um, not taking a position on the nature of the UFO phenomenon. Uh, none of us know what this thing is, um, but but all of us think there are these defense and national security and air safety issues.
1: And what was that website again, uh, Nick?
2: Um, it's uh, Coalition for Freedom of Information. Uh, I, I can't recall the URL, I'm afraid, uh, but uh, if people we'll search on, on that, it should come up top.
1: Nick, do you think that the United States will be pressured into releasing their UFO files?
2: Well, this is the interesting thing, of course. The the United States, the position of the United States government on this is that they have already released their UFO files and that Project Blue Book is it. Um, They they certainly claim that they haven't had a UFO program, uh, certainly a formal one, since 1969 when the United States Air Force uh, Project Blue Book was wound up. Now, I, I have no direct evidence to suggest that that's not not the case. So, mm-hmm. so in in a sense, America will say, "Hey, we we're ahead of the game here. We we did it um, before uh, Britain." But uh, of, of course, a lot of people in the UFO community don't accept that and believe that there must be uh, some some program going on. And and of course, they're pressuring, and particularly with the new political administration, they're pressuring. Uh, President Obama to yeah. do something about that. I, I'm not convinced it will be high on his list of priorities, but uh, we shall see.
1: By the way, the Coalition for Freedom of Information website is www.freedomofinfo.org. www.freedomofinfo.org. Nick, please stand by. You and I have to take our news at the bottom of the hour. Nick Pope is our very special guest. And if you'd like to find out more information about Nick, his website is www.nickpope.net. Geez, I'm having a hard time with your website tonight. www.nickpope.net. And this portion of the Exxon is being brought to you in part by Healing the Rift by Dr. Leo Kim. Why the power of the mind is the greatest discovery in the 21st century and how science and spirituality Both are playing complementary roles. To order your copy of Healing the Rift, visit www.healingtheriftbook.com. That's www.healingtheriftbook.com. Nick Pope and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exome continues on the Talk Star Radio Network. Once again, Nick Pope's website is www.nickpope.net. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X Zone live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You're listening to the X Zone radio show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone radio.com. And Elliot. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hey ho there, creepy frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to the X Zone with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on the X Zone Radio Show. This is John Ho, prophecy scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X Zone. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now here's your host, Rob McConnell. (laughs) Welcome back everyone. Before we get back to Nick Pope, uh, as I was telling you yesterday I read this uh, newspaper article that authorities recommend restricting children's use of mobile phones. Uh, the Radiation and Nuclear Safety Authority has recommended restricting the use of mobile phones by children. The authority says that radiation from mobile phones could pose a health risk, but that the details of possible side effects remain unclear. Children tend to use mobile phones for phone calls a lot more than adults who started using them over a decade ago. The uh, Regulatory Commission says the degree of risk from use cannot be fully assessed for several decades. In addition, a child's brain does not fully develop until adulthood. A couple of, well, about a month and a half ago, we had a gentleman on from WaveShield. And uh, what Wave Shield is, it is a cellular phone radiation protection system. And if you'd like more information on WaveShield and how it can protect you, your family, and loved ones, their website is www.waveshield.com. That's www.waveshield.com. Take a visit. I uh, I went there a couple of weeks ago, and I bought myself and my family some WaveShield products and products. Uh, Makes me feel better, knowing that the kids aren't going to be uh, frying their brains. Well, at least not on cell phones, anyway. Nick Pope's our special guest. www.nickpope.net. dot net. And uh, Nick, what are you working on now? Uh, pardon me. <clears throat> what are you working on now,
2: Nick? Um, well, I don't have um, any plans to to write any any new uh, books. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the work that I'm doing at the moment is is uh, contributing to television shows both um, in in the UK and and in the US uh, for example I've I've uh, contributed quite extensively to uh, history channel's uh, UFO hunters mm-hmm. program and I've also because I commentate <clears throat> I, I commentate not just on UFOs and the unexplained but on on a range of, of fringe science and defense issues I've been involved in a new uh, another new history program uh, which I don't think has come out yet, called "Science Impossible," uh, looking at, at uh, all sorts of exotic technologies and phenomena.
1: Nick, have you always been interested in the fringe sciences? <clears throat>
2: uh, not, not particularly. No, I, and indeed, I wasn't interested in UFOs until I was given uh, the, the job. For the British government, at the Ministry of Defence, I was just—I um, was one of these people who was brought into this subject rather than than getting into it uh, myself. I fell into it almost by by accident, uh, but I I found that uh, many times there are <clears throat> many times there are interesting connections between these sorts of phenomena, and, and once I had my eyes and and my mind open to. Uh, some of the exotic possibilities I started to take a wider interest
1: Now David Cameron, leader of the Conservative Party, made some very interesting comments on UFOs What's happened with that?
2: Well that was extremely interesting yes, at um, a question and answer session uh, a month or so ago Mm -hmm. David Cameron, who's leader of the Conservative Party here and somebody who who therefore uh, it's quite possible that he will be the next Prime Minister of of Great Britain Uh, he was asked at this uh, public session one of the questions from the floor was what are you going to do about the UFO issue are you going to uh, make sure that all the files are released Mm -hmm. now interestingly uh, what he didn't say uh, and perhaps he was just caught uh, a little bit unawares on this issue what he didn't say was well the Ministry of Defence are doing it anyway what he came back with was a general statement to say uh, that, yes, of course, in terms of freedom of information, he, he saw no reason why any of this information should be made secret. And he made a, a promise which reminded me of the promise Jimmy Carter gave in, in the run-up to his being elected to the presidency. He said, um, yes, if I'm made president, I will make all, all this UFO information uh, public, um, So, of course, there are a lot of people, certainly in the UFO community and the media, who have filed that away, and may, I don't know, of course, uh, our political system is a little different, that the government has some degree of control over when it calls an election, but there certainly has to be one uh, w- within two years. But people have filed this away, and I'm sure that comment that promise that undertaking he made will will come back on him in in the future.
1: Do, do you think that the prime minister of England would actually have the authority to do what he just said he would do if elected?
2: I think it depends what there is uh, to disclose. Now as far as I'm concerned, I mean I I believe that I had the necessary uh, combination of security clearance and need to know that I saw all the UFO files, and I've certainly seen nothing in there. I, I've seen highly classified material, but as we said earlier in, in, in our interview, I haven't seen what what you would call a sort of spaceship in a hangar smoking gun. Right. So uh, it, it depends what's to disclose. Now, if there is something that I haven't seen, uh, in a sense, I can't answer the question because I don't I don't know what it would be and what the uh, difficulties would be in releasing it. But of course, uh, yes, there are limits. I'm sure to what even um, uh, presidents and prime ministers are told on on a whole range of issues.
1: Other countries are now releasing their UFO files, and um, have you seen or heard anything from these other countries that uh, that you would consider to be? Shocking.
2: No, I've I've seen I've seen material which is broadly similar to the the material that's being released into the UK. In other words, these files are predominantly uh, reports from the public, but there are some police sightings in there, some military sightings, uh, some um, potential near misses between aircraft and UFOs. And some cases where these things have either been photographed, videoed, or captured on camera. Uh, Denmark has released its its files. The French have released uh, theirs. There's been material from Brazil, uh, a number of other countries. Um, none of this is showing some great conspiracy to hide an alien presence from from the public, as as many people believe. What it is showing, I think, is a genuine confusion on the part of various governments and military, including our own uh, in the UK, yes. about what this phenomenon is and what to do with it. Uh, certainly the, the British government has been defensive on this subject and has tried to downplay it, but uh, I, I've seen no evidence of a cover-up.
1: Nick, uh, after studying this this issue as long as you have and being the expert that you are both on the government side, as well as the civilian side. Do you believe that whoever or wherever these craft and their occupants are coming from, that they pose a threat to this planet?
2: That's a really difficult question. Um, I would say that um, in a sense, yes, they do, because to my mind, and of course I served for 21 years in the Ministry of Defense, um, uh, did a variety of different jobs, not just uh, the UFO uh, post. Um, my, my last job before I, I left in 2006 was in a security post. To me, if there is something in your airspace and you don't know what it is and there's some evidence to suggest that uh, these things, whatever they are, are capable of speeds and maneuvers that, that we can't match, then I think at the very least we've got to say there is a potential threat. Now, I'm not saying there's any direct mm. evidence of hostile intent, but as long as our airspace uh, and and airspace in different countries all around the world is being penetrated with impunity, yes, I think it would be foolish to just ignore this.
1: What are the differences between ufology in the United Kingdom and ufology in the United States?
2: I think that the UK is leading the world in, in this issue at the moment. And I, I don't mean to be boastful or arrogant about that. I, I just think that's the way it's, it's turned out, uh, both in terms of interesting sightings but more, and again we discussed this um, earlier in the interview, yes. more in terms of the lead that the UK media is giving. Uh, when the UK media covers this story... It's not just in the tabloid newspapers, it's in the broadsheets. It's not just the uh, little jokey and finally item on the news. Sometimes it it gets a serious slot on some very mainstream programs. Uh, As I say, the UFO issue has been literally front-page news in Britain's best-selling national daily newspaper twice in the last uh, seven or eight months. So I think Britain... Britain is treating this as a mainstream issue. I get the impression that in the States, in Canada, in some other countries, it's still regarded as more a fringe subject. Uh, it's it's not getting the coverage. And it's, it's interesting, and again, I don't mean to, to be boastful about this, but it's interesting that it took myself as a Brit to get this subject into the New York Times when I wrote an op-ed uh, about the... The, the UFO phenomenon last July, um, and and it's interesting that it would take a Brit to do that. A lot of people said, "Hey, you know," a lot of uh, my American colleagues said, "Well, you know, why didn't they are, get an American to write this?"
1: Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe.
1: Um, what is your take? What do you, What is your opinion on the Roswell crash of 1947?
2: Well, I think it's beyond dispute that something crashed. But, of course, some of the contemporary records, uh, when, when the General Accounting Office looked into uh, this in the 90s um, due to the uh, intercession of Congressman Stephen Schiff, uh, it, was, it was discovered that some of the contemporary records uh, had gone missing. I think a combination of that... And and the sad fact that, of course, because of the time that's elapsed, so few of the direct participants are, are still alive, means that perhaps we'll never know um, alien spacecraft, uh, Project Mogul, uh, something else. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 at the stage now where this this is passing almost from history into legend, and and with the. The passing away of the last few participants, mm-hmm. uh, maybe as some people believe, we'll still get some interesting deathbed testimony. We got, of course, the statement from the base press officer, Walter Hout, uh, a couple of years ago uh, deathbed testimony con- confirming that it was a, uh, an alien spacecraft. But, but you know, that, that was just his, his testimony. Um, yes I, I understand that in some circumstances that's admissible in court but I'm sure there would be plenty of people to come forward and say yeah. no it didn't happen so it's, it's going to be really difficult if not impossible to resolve this either way unless some new piece of evidence emerges
1: what do you see as being the future of ufology
2: I think a number of different things I, I, I think um, the the Internet has undoubtedly been a major factor um, in in bringing together ufology. And and it's very interesting. We've been talking about the national files of a number of countries, France, Britain, uh, you know, America, Brazil, Italy, all sorts of countries who have released information on UFOs. And, And yet, even within government, let alone the UFO community, Things have been handled on a national issue, when in fact, of course, this is a global uh, situation. So I think there's going to be greater globalization, and the Internet is going to be the great enabler here. The other massive change, and we're seeing it now, is that the proportion of people who now, A, carry a cell phone, and B, carry a cell phone with a capability to take a photo and video, yes. is increasing exponentially. When I started my my job at the the Ministry of Defense investigating UFOs, a tiny percentage of those people who saw a UFO actually got any kind of photo of it. Now we're seeing, we're beginning to get the situation where almost anyone who sees something will get a picture of it. And the quality, um, the clarity of these are going to get better and better over the next two or three years. Now that's going to be coupled, of course, with the technology to produce very convincing Uh, CGI hoaxes, and we're already seeing that. But I think we're going to see much more photo and video evidence of UFOs.
1: Nick, please stand by. We have to take our final break. nation. my special guest this hour is Nick Pope. His website, www.nickpope.net And for the Coalition for Freedom of Information, their website is freedomofinfo.org Nick and I return on the other side of this final commercial break as the x continues right here on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. June Ellen, Ellen e. Lane, she's a psychic artist. Patrick Jarrell, he's the uh, gentleman who said the world was going to, uh, I, I'm sorry, all civilization is going to be destroyed on December the 12th, 2012, 20, uh, December 21st, 2012. David King was our third guest tonight. Fascinating gentleman talking about Atlantis. And, of course, Nick Pope who uh, headed up the British Ministry of Defense UFO uh, files for a number of years, is our guest this hour. Nick's website is www.nickpope.net. Now, on tomorrow night's show, Carol Fitzgerald will be joining me in the first hour. She's a clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient. Chris Humphrey joins us in hour number two, talking about UFOs, PSI, and spiritual evolution. Jeffrey Mishlove joins us in hour number three. We're going to be talking to uh, Jeffrey about a menu of heavenly delights. And in hour number four, Perry Williams joins us. He is a paranormal researcher. That's tomorrow here on the X-Zone. Nick, as always, it's super having you on the show. Um, I think, Nick, you bring an air of credibility to ufology that 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 is definitely needed because there are so many people out there who call themselves UFO researchers who have no idea what they're doing. So thanks for all the hard work that you do.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Uh, Nick, um, why do you believe that certain people see UFOs and other people do not see UFOs?
2: Well, I think um, part of it is is that some people... Uh, just, just to, to give a practical example, just seem to shuffle along through life and simply don't look up. And if you don't look up, you won't see. Uh, but I think the, the other, the flip side to your question is, is that of course a lot of people who do see UFOs, we won't know about it because they won't report it or even tell sometimes close family members and friends. There is still some, in some people's minds, This fear of of being uh, either not believed or being ridiculed. And I think that's why certainly what the British government is doing in releasing its files is important, because the message that it's sending to people certainly here in Britain is, look, it's okay to see these things and report them because you're in good company. Pilots see them. Police officers see them. And it's very interesting that the Ministry of Defence just a couple of weeks ago released the sighting figures for 2008 and the MOD received uh, more than double the number of reports in, in 2008 uh, than they received in 2007.
1: Nick, again, I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight, and I look forward to the next time when you and I meet here in the EXO.
2: Thank you, Rob. It's been great to be on your show again.
1: Good night, Nick. Nick Good night. Pope, www.nickpope.net. Well, there we have it, another four hours that have come and gone. My producer at Master Control, the president of the Dr. Gabe Merkin Fan Club, the one and only Miss Melanie. Thanks, Mel, for keeping us up on those four big satellites in the sky. Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, Aglia 2, and Satellite G3. And, of course, on TalkStarRadio.com, streaming audio. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely Laura Rogers, thank you. Uh, To Rob, who takes care of the X-Zone room at XZoneTV.com. Thanks, Robbo. And to my daughter, Stephanie, who is our new segment producer, who's doing a great job. Thanks, Stephanie. And thank you, ExoNation, for making this show virtually growing in leaps and bounds. In fact, this month, our iTunes doubled last month. So until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, always remember to keep your eyes.
0: Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line.